to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that brings you right inside NRG Stadium in audio fashion. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you on Texans All Access. Johnny, are you ready to go tonight? Absolutely. Really excited about the information and news that dropped. I like that. That's how we say it now. It dropped today. It's kind of like Drake when he dropped, honestly, never mind. Uh, just randomly, it just dropped. News dropped today that was really, really cool. Battle I thought it was. I thought it was cool. Battle Red Helmet, I think everybody thinks it's cool. How can you not think this is cool? This is cool. Now, a lot of people thought they were questioning, is this a full-time thing? Is this going to be the way they will dress every time? No, it's not. It's Battle Red Day against the Philadelphia Eagles this year, and they'll wear the Battle Red Helmet for the first time ever. And, Johnny, people who follow me on Instagram, and look, I'm not a prolific IGer, but... I did put a few videos up there last year of, remember the Battle Red Helmet was in the lobby on the mannequin. We have these player mannequins yeah, yeah, in the yeah. lobby. Yeah. And they had the Battle Red Helmet, a couple of different versions of a Battle Red Helmet in the lobby. And I Instagrammed those videos out. And a lot of people questioned it then, but some were like, eh, what are you doing? We were playing with the idea. You have to do this well in advance. It's like applying for citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. to get a uniform changed in this league. And they did it with this battle red helmet. It's going to be cool. What different versions of red did they have? There was a matte red, you know. Ooh, now the, oh, the matte red I like. It looked cool. I think some people have posted pictures mm-hmm. of a matte black helmet. Matte black I'd be cool with too. But they're not going to do that. No. And you never know. Someday, maybe in the future, who knows. Uh, white helmet, of course. People are familiar with the image of Mr. McNair holding up a right, white helmet right. when the Texans originated well before they ever played a game because that's just the thing they went with to right. say this is what the basic logo and helmet is, right. but we're going to make some changes, and they did. They went with the deep steel blue look, which I think is the right way to go, but I think it's cool to have this alternate look. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the NFL allowing teams to have – their retro look or a different look. Oh, obviously, you know, they're, 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 I don't want to say there's nothing as, I mean, the, the Texans are the only team in the league that wear a retro and their current jersey all in the same. So <laughs> they're the only, the only organization that can do that. But the Patriots put out a video. They're going to wear a pay, They're going to wear uh, Pat the Patriot mm-hmm. on the side of their helmet again. Yeah. The one that's snapping the ball, looking mean, which I, I always like. And you know, I'm a sucker for retro stuff. So I, I love that. It the NFL yielding a little bit on this to say, hey, you can wear an alternate helmet. I think it's really cool. We talked to Royce Freeman back a month ago, probably yeah, about a month ago minicamp. during, during uh, minicamp, and we asked him because he played at Oregon, and when he was there, they were changing every week. Yeah, and he said, no, it's not always a, a different helmet because if you're in my demographic, you know, wearing a different helmet was he double hockey sticks. It was you got to break it in. It was awful. Yeah. It, it, and, and Drew probably put it best. He was talking to some friends of his that are about my age, and they were like, the helmet broke you in. 
<laughs> it was not the other way around. Your head had it to get was, indented properly. It was just rough. And so whenever I used to think about alternate helmets, I would think of that. But obviously technology has changed and th- things are a little bit better and uh, yada, oh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. The, the he pictures, said, though, it wasn't the same helmet that they wore, that they would just paint it differently for different weeks. Which is amazing to me because it was metallic right. and really cool looking. Yes. Like, it looked like it had to be baked or something. I don't know how they ended up doing yeah. that. But it's not like the Notre Dame did. Rudy helmets with the right. gold paint from your kindergarten class Correct. that they put on there back in the day. Look, I love the look we put out there. The photos are on HoustonTexans.com, at HoustonTexans on Twitter, all the Texans social media platforms. And... The way the modern helmet is, and I know different position groups adjust for this, but, man, the thing looks like a motorcycle helmet. It looks awesome. looks like Evil Knievel. Yeah. And then you have all the concussion technology in there, concussion prevention technology. Yes. Anyway, but the red helmet is cool. Go check it out. All right, here is what we're going to do today. In the next segment, we'll do more likely to happen. All right? It's pretty much a Texans opponent's version for the most part, but uh, we'll have some adjustments to that. You cited a CBS Sports tweet of second-tier edge rushers all-time question, which is such a deep album cut. I mean, this is like going to side four of Miles Davis' Bitches Brew and finding some weird cut that he did. But I want to talk about that maybe at the very end when we go around the league. But right now, the Texans, obviously 17-game schedule. You have the AFC South, you have the AFC West, you have the NFC East, you have a couple of other opponents in there. You play the Cleveland Browns, presumably with Deshaun Watson. Should I say that? Presumably? I I can't say that. Possibly. I'll just say possibly. 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 Yeah. Uh, Things have changed so much with that situation. Well, I've gone from maybe it's an eight-game suspension, maybe it's a whole season, maybe it's six now. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll all find out together. But he could play, might not play. Anyway, I will throw him into this conversation. Let's rank the top five quarterbacks the Texans will face. And we'll go from number five down. Now, you've already ranked yours. Okay. All right. Let's do two things here because it includes more people this way. Okay. Let's do a list without Watson and a list with Watson. Okay. You go first. Your fifth choice. We'll go five, five, four, four. With which list? Let's go without. Without Without Watson at first. Number five. Mm-hmm. We will face, in Las Vegas, in October, mm-hmm. we will face Derek Carr. I, okay. This is without Watson. Without this top Watson? five without Watson. Then we'll do the Watson Correct. insertion because I assume he goes into the he top five. He goes into the top plays. five, so Derek Carr comes out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, because he gets bumped out because right. he's the fifth. Correct. All right. Correct. He so becomes a bubble quarterback. Correct. A right. bubble quarterback. <laughs> I always think that Derek Carr is criminally underrated. Okay. When you think about what a quarterback – is supposed to do, yeah, and how he's supposed to, how he's supposed to play, how he's supposed to adapt, adjust, etc. I feel like Derek Carr is 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 all that. He's everything, and is he, you know, is he uh, a Mahomes or a Josh Allen? No, but can he make the right throw at the right time to the right guy? Heck yeah! And now he's got his guy back with Devontae Adams. I think Derek Carr, you know, with the Josh McDaniels offense in Las Vegas, I, I just. I have for Derek Carr, I have a good feeling about that. I feel like that's going to be a really solid marriage. So I have Derek Carr at number five. And I debated five and four. I went kind of back. The one, two, and three, very easy to me. Four and five, I went back and forth. Who should be fourth? Who should be fifth? Mm-hmm. But fifth, Derek Carr. Okay. I had the same four and five problem. And, I'm, okay. and you and I did not confer about this prior to okay. airtime. I'm going to go Dak Prescott number five. Ah, because I had Dak Prescott number 
four. Okay. All right. And I think you could flip these two. They're different. Right. Okay. But so I you think have car at four? I have car at four. Okay, okay. I have All car right. at four. I'll go Dak at five. Dak's a dangerous quarterback. He can beat you in a variety of ways. Yes. I get a little bit maybe skewed, in my opinion, because I think the offense has some talent there when everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a team thing, possibly, as well as a quarterback thing. I like Dak. I think he's a top-five quarterback the Texans will face this year. But if Watson plays, he's my bubble guy, and he gets bumped out of the five. So I'm going to ask you a weird question. All right. Because driving to the Senior Bowl in 2016, yeah, I remember thinking at that point, the Texans needed a quarterback. Right. Carson Wentz was going to be there for North Dakota State. Now, he hadn't hit laser red hot, right. white hot like he was going to. I went to the Senior Bowl in 2016, and I got a boatload of interviews. And I interviewed every single quarterback because at that point, we presumably needed one. Yeah, because you were coming off the Mallet Hoyer right. year. Right. You weren't going to go to Savage. What were you going to do? So, I and I had always been a fan of Dak. And I and I did about a five, six-minute interview with Dak, and he was absolutely awesome. And, and he did a social media post for it. Right. Saying, hey, I would love to come to Houston. I don't know. It's somewhere. In, it's somewhere in our building. And I just remember as he walked away, I thought, that's the guy. I want him. I want him. He's interesting because of what he had been through in his life to that point. He had lost his mom to cancer. He had become a Mississippi State legend. He had gotten Mississippi State to number one in the country. I knew he wasn't perfect throwing the ball, but I always thought, man, and I told I told my guys from, from uh, Mississippi when I went on with them, Matt Wyatt, who used to be the quarterback in Mississippi State, and then Richard Cross, who is the old Miss Southern reporter, I told them, I said, I really want Dak to come to us. I think this would be a great spot for him. He's got a fail-safe with DeAndre Hopkins. If they can run the ball, and at that point they had not gotten Lamar Miller, but, man, maybe they can find a way to run the ball. Anyways, in March, they get Brock Osweiler, and so I remember thinking, no, I don't want Dak to come here. I want Dak to have an opportunity to play. He goes to Dallas. He starts right away as right. a rookie. But what so if I they ask you the a, what if? That's a good question. What You're if, hijacking the segment now. What, with a what if, if Dak Prescott had ended up here in 2016? I can do this really fast. If Dak Prescott gets drafted by the Texans in 2016, obviously they don't sign. Well, maybe not obviously, but they don't get Osweiler in the trade right. with Denver. Right. Oh, and the, and the signing. It's a free agent. Right, right, right. There's no trade. So they don't get Osweiler. But Savage is here. And they always wanted to look at Savage. Remember, Savage got hurt in the fourth preseason game prior to 2015, making him unavailable. You would have known a lot more about Savage because he would eventually play because Hoyer would get concussed and Mallet would have gone off and been Mallet. Right. So I think Savage, it would have been similar to 2017. Savage starts the offseason as the starter. Prescott's behind him. Can he beat him out? You know, Watson didn't even start game one in 2017. We all know that. Yeah. Maybe Prescott rises up and beats Savage out eventually. Maybe week one, week two, whatever it is. Because that defense was the number one defense in the league that year, 2016. Right. Exactly. People forget about that. Exactly. Watt got hurt in week three, yet the Texans still finished first in defense with Clowney and Whitney and company doing their thing. That would have been interesting. That Texans team okay. could have gone a lot further with oh, Dak Prescott. Dang it. Interesting. Okay, because now – so maybe I'm crazy with this. Mm-hmm. But let's say that Dak shows him as a rookie in 2016, like, man, he's got the sauce like he does with, with Dallas. It wasn't right. perfect. but They're not going to draft Watson. You keep your pick in 2017. You don't have to Ooh. trade that away for Watson. And because now you've got Dak Prescott established, 
maybe you can convince Dwayne to stay in 2017 as the left tackle. Things change. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll never know. Look, I got a lot of what-ifs. You know, people, Pro Football Talk put out a Garoppolo tweet today. Like, I think Garoppolo's going to end up with the Texans. It was just a hunch. It's one of those Florio things. He's just I don't mind a guy playing a hunch, honestly. Yeah, that's fine. I don't mind it. And I I understand it from the outside looking in why people think that. But my point is this. You could have had Garoppolo in round two in 2014 as well and known a lot more about him as far as how he applies to Houston. Anyway. All right, so I've got Dak at five. You have Carr at five. You right. have four. So Prescott and Carr flip for, for both of us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I I like – I always go back to Mexico City Monday Night Football with Derek Carr, and he looked like oh. a tremendous playmaker. He just ripped our hearts out that night, maybe so because good. it was Houston and whatever. But that year he was going really well, and then he got hurt right before the playoffs, and the rest is history. Yeah, broke his foot. We didn't face him. We faced Connor Cook. Mm. Boy, man. All right, third best quarterback the Texans will face this year. This is the top five without Watson. Go. We will go to Denver in week two mm-hmm. to face number three, and he is third on my list. That's Russell Wilson. Okay. I – you obviously can figure out which two – I mean, you can kind of figure it out at that point what the rest of my list is, Yeah. which is Justin Herbert at two, Mahomes at one. I know last year we got after Herbert and – you know, made got him to make make some mistakes. Both sides were dealing with COVID. Both sides were dealing with COVID. So there were really no excuses. Herbert had really one bad throw uh, that Tab took back for the pick six that basically cemented the win at that point. I'm glad you brought it up that way because how did the Texans win that game, Johnny? They ran the ball. They ran the ball, yeah. For once. Right. And In 2021 the, yeah. context, they ran the ball and really kept well. Herbert on the sideline. I'm telling you, I I know Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, to me, there's there's clear there's a clear t- tier one. There's four guys. There's Mahomes, Allen, Rodgers, and then Brady's number four. But the to me, the difference between four and then the rest, it's those four. But Herbert, I think, is the closest to kind of bumping his head on on moving up into that group. And a lot of people say Joe Burrow, and I'm a I'm a big Burrow guy. I think it's Herbert Burrow, but I think. Herbert's that guy. Herbert scares the fool out of me. Now, Russell is undefeated against us, which, apropos of nothing, is, okay, that's past history. He's now with a different team. He's with a different uh, system. All that's different for him, and it will be week two. It's the, yeah, it's the first game in Denver, and they will have come off a game to, in Seattle yeah. where he's going back home. There will be a lot of pressure on him. But I think just overall quarterback play, I think Russell's got Russell's got a good six, seven years left in him. And I think he'll be very, very good this year. And I'm hoping in week two he's just not. So, honestly, in my top five quarterbacks that the Texans will face the list without Watson, I had Herbert third and Wilson second. I know that if you were drafting a team right now, there's so no— So we're flipped on that team. Yeah, there's yep. no way you're not taking Herbert ahead of Wilson. I understand all this. Yep. And—, and in basic ranking ability, whatever I understand this, but based on the team that Wilson has around him, look at Denver's numbers, folks. Look at what Denver did. Look at the everything from running game to defense to all of it. I just have a feeling that you insert Wilson into that equation, Denver yeah. can be pretty good. I know. You know, they can be pretty good. And Wilson still has the goods to deliver a team into the postseason and beyond. Herbert, as great as he is, did lose the game in Houston last year. Yeah. Was unable to get the Chargers over the hump against the Raiders in the game that everyone wanted to see a tie. 
Yeah. So they'd both get in. Everyone except Raiders fans, of course. But a lot of people wanted to but see he a tie. Got, but he got them. He got them there. He got them to a tie in overtime. That drive or, uh, in, in the fourth quarter. That was a hell of a drive. It was a heck of a drive. Yeah. And I'm not going to fault him because he can't play defensive line against a run game that was 32nd in the league, and those guys can't stop the run. I, I'm, I'm not putting – I won't put that on them. I think about it as I always do, and you know this, which quarterback would I least want to face? And I would rather face Russell Wilson than I would Justin Herbert. I just – I've looked at Russell Wilson and what he's done to the Texans, and I don't like it. Well, that's the – that, that, don't that like part of it. the equation is difficult because – This is a Texans schedule I'm talking about, and the top five quarterbacks against Houston – Based on this year's schedule, yeah. who they're facing, where they're facing them, I don't know. I Look, I agree, Herbert, all day with all the measurables and everything like that, and the youth and all you can consider there, but Wilson scares me. And Herbert is obviously a phenomenal pick for the yep. Chargers. You have to feel like, I hate to say happy for another franchise, but in the sense that the Chargers are nomads and they end up in SoFi, but they get Herbert and they're kind of the sexy L.A. team now and they got a yeah. little bit of juice going that way. But I guarantee you this. I don't even have to look. I don't have to look it up. They're still having problems selling tickets in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, Justin Herbert and their in-house animator uh, who does their social media, he's like, those are the two things saving the Chargers right now. Right. Saving That's them yet saving. Them. I, I guarantee the financial numbers are not that great for them. Despite can, the fact that they're in the nation's number two market, they just can't the Rams are who they are. They just won the Super Bowl and it's just difficult for the Chargers. Mark, I was talking to my uh, my wife and daughter live out there right now. My daughter's gonna be living out there. My wife is apparently just visiting. When I mentioned LA, they talk about Rams, 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 Rams. And at one point I said to them, Hey, you know the Chargers are here too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, Oh yeah, they have to be yeah. reminded of that. That's not the that's not the space you want to be in. Don't to you be think, reminded? Don't of you that. think it really hurts the Chargers too that the colors are kind of similar? Yeah, I know the I, blue's different, but it, yeah, it's almost like they're sort of Rams light well, or something. Here's another one. I went into I went into like a, a I think it was a Lids, and we went to Universal, and Universal's got this. Uh, I can't remember what they call it, like a City Walk, where it's just like an outdoor mall, basically. Where I thought I saw George Warhop, I'm going to ask him. I swear I saw a doppelganger for his name. Anyways, I went into this lid store, and, I mean, this place is packed. It's awesome. They got retro jerseys, and they got everything. There's not one Chargers thing in the whole place. Ooh. It's Dodgers, and it's Rams. That's bad. In L.A. See, they need a squad of people to go out and make sure that they are represented in that athletic community. It was Rams everywhere. All right, so number one, Mahomes, right? Yes. Okay, so this is the top five quarterbacks Texans are facing this year. The list does not include Watson. Now we'll do Watson. Where does he go on your list of top five quarterbacks the Texans will face in 2022? Let me have it. Patrick Mahomes, one. Deshaun Watson, two. Wow. That's a lot of respect right there. Now, listen, we've we've called every game he's been in. I know. We've seen everything that he's done. I know. I know he's been away from the game and might get suspended, so he might miss more games. There's going to be rust. On, there's going to there's going to be rust that he's going to have to shake off. Yeah. But I go back to that thought of which quarterback, like who's better, which one do I not want to face? All right, take the Texans out of it. Let's say you're another team and okay. you have your choice. Of facing Mahomes, Herbert, 
Watson or Wilson. I'll throw Wilson. I mean, I still go in that same I go in the same direction. Mahomes one, Watson two, Herbert three. Okay. I mean, if you the just most took, feared slash respected. Take the give me a team. Give me a team. Saints. Uh, Saints. Take the Saints offensive talent mm-hmm. and put Mahomes, Watson, Herbert with the Saints offensive talent. Now, first of all, it's scary whichever way you slice it. But I'm more afraid in order of Mahomes, Watson, Herbert. If you give them all the same level of talent. Now, Deshaun's not going to have the talent that Herbert does that he gets to throw to. I mean, he's throwing to Mike Will- Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, yeah. Austin Eckler out of the backfield. That's what Herbert gets to throw to. Deshaun has, is going to have the backfield of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I don't know that he's throwing to – I mean, they got Amari Cooper, but not sold on anybody else in the receiving core just yet that he's throwing to. But that's, a good point. that's but the scary part of Deshaun because what do you remember about 2020? The last half of the year, who's he throwing to? Not a lot of well-known guys. And he's and still throwing for four bills. And he is. Three, four he times. is. However, and this goes into my next point, because, look, Watson is great. We all know that. I will point out that the Texans were not a high-scoring team while he was here. That's correct. I'm not going to blame that all on him. That would right. be crazy, right? The O'Brien offense, look, everybody who's operated it that we've seen has had difficulty operating it other than one man, and he happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time, right? Correct. That guy operated it really well. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has kind of I hesitate to use the word struggle. The Texans won a lot of games here with Watson running the O'Brien offense. And in 2020, the Tim Kelly slash O'Brien Patriot offense, whatever you want to call that system. But that year, they got off to a lot of slow starts, right? Right. There was a lot of backdooring your way back into the game. And sometimes, hey, you could have, would have, should have won it. Like the Colts turnovers at the moment of truth. Or you got very close and... If you had a stop, maybe that would have made all the difference in the world. But how many times in that O'Brien era did we see slow starts, not scoring in the first drive, halftime deficits, that kind of thing? And go look at the offensive numbers. The Texans have not come close to the kind of offensive proficiency they had in the Kubiak era. And I hate to say that because I wish we had here, but it hasn't happened. So I don't blame that all on Watson, but... Uh, at the same time, you can't say it's not a factor because Watson has the talent to be number one, the talent yes. to be number one on this list. I agree. And I so agree. I would say that I'm going to rank him in my top five quarterbacks the Texans will face in 2022. Mahomes, Wilson, Herbert, and I'll put Watson fourth. Wow. Now, I just think that it's a show-me thing. Like I said, he's got the talent to be first, yeah. and by the time you face him, maybe everything's fine for him. Right. Maybe he hasn't s- sat that many games, and he's going gangbusters at that point. And, look, we all know he can also win a game by himself if he has to. Right. But at the same time, Johnny, look, these guys are established. They've been playing. They haven't gotten suspended. They haven't sat for a year, right? That, and right. I'll put them ahead of him because he's got to bang that rust off. He really does. That's it's going to be there. That's a, I, I, and I, I preface putting him at number two with that. That is going to be a massive factor to whenever he's able to get back on the field because it's going to be a season plus. It could be almost two years since he's, since he's taken a so, snap by the time he gets on the field. So there's a rumor today about six games. So if that's six games, you're talking middle of October. Yeah. Last game he played was January of 2021, early of January 2021. It's a long time. You're talking 21 months mm-hmm. 
since playing football. Right. So, yeah, you save on the body and the hits and all that. But you haven't played. Imagine us not doing a radio segment for yeah. 21 months. I'm telling you, the first segment I would do, I would sound like, hey, hey, let's do this. Like, yeah. It would be awful. So, yes, that is a, that is a massive factor. An advantage but to him is he's had OTAs. four eyes have seen some things yeah. and seen, what ha- seen what's happened on that field. Yeah. And I think about Philadelphia, and I think about New Orleans, and I think about New England, mm-hmm. and Seattle, yeah. all these places where, you know, going in, maybe not have a shot. But we do have a shot because he's taking snaps. And so that – and you can say that about Russell Wilson. You can say that about Justin Herbert. I don't know if you can say all the way there with Herbert on that, totally. But just God-given talent and who scares me the most. Because all you – I mean, all you have to do as a safety is just hesitate for a split second and Herbert's throwing it 65 over your head. Right. Russell ain't going to do that. Sean might. Mahomes can. I worry about that. I mean, if I'm a safety sitting back there going, man, I, I'll tell you what. You take that dig. Take that 20-yard dig, Herbert. I'm not letting you get deep on me. And he's just going to rifle that all day. Mm. He's going to rifle it and rifle it and rifle it. And you just got to hope that you rush for 190 yards on the day again when you face a guy like Justin Herbert. And you're going to have to rush for 150 or so uh, when you face Deshaun Watson in December. Interesting. Our top five lists, quarterbacks the Texans mm-hmm. will face this season. Nobody in the AFC South. Matt Ryan did not crack your top five, did not crack my top five. Did you even consider it? Yeah, I considered him fifth. I could, you know, I thought about that. He's sixth, seventh. But, you know, we, we had the Carr Prescott thing. What? I gave it two seconds. Because I had to think, Ryan over Carr? Nah. Yeah, exactly. And, again, you go with the one that you fear the most. Right. Fear slash respect. Right. Exactly. All right? I hate using the word fear, but it's almost in a yeah, biblical it's sense. it's a football fear. Yeah, it's a football That's fear. That's different. It's a healthy fear. Okay, next up, more likely to happen, we've got playoff talk. We have Mills coming up in the conversation. We have Mayfield coming up in the conversation. And we have television series. It's all next on More Likely to Happen here on Texans Radio. More Texans Radio is on the way. What if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider? At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care, offering you everything from flu shots to well-woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Leading medicine. Leading. Texans Radio is back. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris keeping you company on a Tuesday evening. Great to have you listening. Johnny, you ready for more likely to happen? Let's go. I've missed it. Let's go. Let's go. More likely to happen. More likely to falter from the QB class of 21. We're going to go the non-Mills edition. And guess who else I'm removing from this? Guess what quarterback I'm going to remove from this, and I'm only going with three guys you get to choose from most likely to falter from the QB class of 21. You're removing your guy, Trevor Lawrence. No, I'm removing Justin Fields because I think that he would win, so-called win this thing, hands down. I think he's the most likely to falter. Really? Ooh, you're going to argue against this. Okay, I have Wilson, Lawrence, and your boy Trey Lance. Can we talk about Zach Wilson or no? 
<laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> we can. No, uh, well, in what context? I'm just kidding. Uh, Justin Fields. I'll put him in there if you want. Who's the most likely among those four to falter? See, I don't think it's Fields. I think Fields is going to be in much better shape. I think it's Fields year. because of the team, though. Yeah, the team is not going to help. The, it. The, is the, the situation important for a quarterback? It is, is the sitch important? It's, it is important. However, the new GM and a new head coach this year for Justin. I want to say Justin Fields gets a pass, but in some sense he does, and I think that's a good thing for him because, in all honesty, yeah, there's pressure, but there really isn't because look at what's around him. Poles, Ryan Poles, the GM, and Matt Eberflus, they've not had really a chance to build around him yet. So I think he sort of gets a pass. I think he he doesn't fit in that category. I think he's going to show enough that he's not that guy. I I think there's a lot around Zach Wilson, and I think Zach Wilson could be – I think Lawrence is the one guy I want to say. Because last year what I saw, and I know a lot of it – I know a lot of it had to do with Urban Meyer. I – I understand all that. I'm a total believer in Trey Lance, so he's out. Okay. And I think Fields is going to be fine. You know, the pieces around him, but I think he's going to show enough where the Bears are like, look, we went 4-13. and We could have won a few more games if we had a few more players, but Fields has shown us he's that guy. So I think Fields is going to be fine. I think Trey Lance is going to be more than fine. So it comes down to Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. I feel like both squads bolstered each quarterback putting some offensive weapons around Zach Wilson, Lawrence getting some offensive weapons, and getting Doug Peterson I think is going to help. So? In the end, I think it's Zach Wilson. Yeah. Because of coaching. I think You just said it. I think that's a major part. As much Doug, as I love Baby LaFleur as a person, I, I, I don't know, know if Baby LaFleur is going to pull it off. Well, I think also there's, another, there's just a, a step in the quarterback evolution that I don't know that Zach has made. And Dre pointed it out as we were playing. There's a difference in having arm strength. You know, guys, arm strength, yeah. But when do you use it? Right. When do you break out the 100-mile-an-hour fastball that you've got? Right. Versus this needs to be a change. This I needs mean, a Greg Maddox approach. Right. It needs a little bit more kind of reining him back in. I think Trevor, because Trevor is really good with his legs, is going to become even more dangerous for a guy like Doug Peterson. I think they're going to do some things for him. That will make him that much more comfortable. I think they'll give him some RPOs like he was running at Clemson. Not a ton, but just a couple of the easy ones he was running at Clemson to kind of get him rolling. I think it ends up being Zach Wilson with no commentary whatsoever on what has popped up in social media lately. This is just (laughs) all about on the field. And I honestly don't even think Zach Wilson will falter all that badly. But I just believe in Lance and Fields that much, so it really comes down to the one guy you didn't mention was Mac Jones. Now, when I you talk about when you talk about coaching and you talk about the things around him, yeah, have they changed. bolstered the offensive personnel? Not really. Have they changed the coaching for him? Oh, in a big way. Yeah. And have they rectified it? Oh, not really. So, yeah, but uh, I'll ask you one question: Does Bill Belichick still work there? He does. Yeah, okay. he'll be fine. All right. He's 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 uh, doing uh, center snaps with Mac Jones, so. Yeah, that means he's going to play center. All right, next up on More Likely to Happen. More Likely to Happen. More Likely to Miss the Playoffs. We do this every so often. Okay. Two teams that made the playoffs last year. The Raiders, the Steelers. Oh, Steelers. Because, as we talked earlier about Derek Carr, Raiders have Derek Carr. They have a way, like in basketball, what do you say? Hey, this guy can go get a bucket. Mm -hmm. With Derek Carr, the Raiders can go score a touchdown. 
They can go score. I'm not confident that the Steelers can go do anything offensively. I don't I, feel good about anything the Steelers have offensively. I just have a feeling about them that they'll find a way to perhaps do something similar to what they did last year without Roethlisberger, obviously, okay. to eke their way in. They play the AFC East, okay? Right, so you get the Jets, you get the Dolphins. They can, You could see the Steelers yeah, beating yeah, the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, you could see the Steelers beating the Patriots on a good night. And I don't even know where they're playing them. And I don't know, Johnny. It, Andre loves Trubisky, we all know, or likes him. I shouldn't yeah, say yeah. loves. He likes him. Uh, I'm not sure about the rookie playing. But I just have a feeling that the that the Steelers could sneak in, and the Raiders play in the AFC West, mm-hmm. which is tough. Tough because yeah. you have Herbert there, yeah. you have Mahomes there. It's difficult. The McDaniel's thing—you could easily see it not working as much as you could see it working. Could you see the Ravens beating the Steelers twice if Lamar's healthy? Could you see the Browns beating the Steelers twice if, well, depending on when Deshaun gets suspended? And for Cleveland when. is still Cleveland. There's no way the Browns Cincinnati, beat the Steelers twice. It's Cincinnati a beating Pittsburgh twice. Yeah, they. So my point is, the yeah. AFC North is a is not easy either. No, it's not. Like it, it, I mean, all right, AFC, let's go with the most likely to miss the playoffs. It's the Steelers. I I, I kind of set that one up. I, I not knew you very did. Well. I like the I like the fact you argued against it. I really do. Because look, Kenny Pickett might be all that. If Kenny Pickett's all that. I like Deontay Johnson at wide receiver. I think Clay, Chase Claypool can be up and down, and Najee Harris is is more than serviceable. I like coach. Back. I like Tomlin coaching. You and know that's this. a big factor. And McDaniel's has to prove it to me. I know it went well for like the but, first six games in Denver a hundred years go, ago. They can go get a bucket. They can go get a bucket, and they've got two superb edge rushers, mm-hmm. and that's gonna that's gonna help yeah. them. Now yeah, I don't and, defense yeah. top to bottom though the Raiders worries me, but I'm gonna say. The Steelers are that team that takes a step All right, this is a weird one. I'm more likely to happen. More likely to happen. More likely to make the playoffs. Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) We don't know where Garoppolo's going to be playing. And we don't even know that Baker Mayfield lasts. It's a competition, they say. Yeah, I I mean, it's a competition. You don't even know if he's going to start. Maybe Baker gets bounced. I mean, who knows? I should have made it more likely to start a playoff game. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I The wild card, it's so funny because both of them, there's, there's a wild card, one that I, I'm okay with, I, well, I guess. With Baker, it's just Baker himself. It's just his, his attitude and his approach. And the things that you heard were happening in Cleveland. Whereas with Jimmy Garoppolo, none of that's ever an issue. It's just, is he healthy enough? Mm-hmm. Is he healthy enough? And, I mean, I think that's – until we know that, we kind of have to roll with Baker because we just don't know how healthy that wing is going to be. And if we don't know that, is he even going to get on the field? Right. And so, at that point, I, you got to say Baker. And let's go one step further with that, and that's the fact that, look, man, the NFC South is not all that. I mean y- – you got Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. Right. Don't think they're going to be very good. The Saints are going to roll with James Winston. And, and Dennis Allen's a new head coach. Well, he's it's his second stint as a head coach, but he's new to New Orleans in that role. Uh, and then you got Carolina. Then you got Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay gets Brady back. If Brady had been gone, oh, my God, that's a free-for-all. Now you have a feeling the Bucs are going to win it. But you got to feel like, man, you got a shot against Atlanta. you got a shot against New Orleans. And in that division, it's always kind of weird things that happen. So – I look if Baker just runs the game plan. 
He's got a few weapons around him. Use them. It's and the best thing. The it, best thing going for the Bucks is that division, right? Yes. Yes. Because there's no guarantee. I mean, Brady comes back. Everyone always assumes, well, Brady's back in the playoffs. Right. There's no guarantee of this. How can that be? They have a coaching change. They did not look good down the stretch of last year and in the playoffs. They no, did, they, they did not they look good. Mir- almost miraculously pulled it out against yes. the Rams. I was actually rooting for them, which is weird. What? All right, I've got one more for you. This is okay. kind of a weird one. More likely to happen. You know what? I'm not even going to go more like that. I'm going to say right here, better TV show. Oh, okay. Better Call Saul or Stranger Things. Oh, you're just hitting me right in the heart. Yeah. Pick it. Oh. And not Kenny. Pick one. Pick the better TV show, Better Call Saul or Stranger Things. Art is so esoteric. It's so subjective. There's nothing that makes me say this, but I'm going to go Saul. Vince Gilligan has been, I mean, the Duffer Brothers did a great job of Stranger Things, but Vince Gilligan's a genius. And I'm going to go go with Vince Gilligan and Better Call Saul because the, the extraterrestrial close encounters of third kind kind of stuff doesn't always grab me. But man, the way they put that thing—oh, it's a—it's a tough now. one. That's I think a, I'm going with Saul, and it's just—it's killing me to say it. But I'm I going think with it's Saul. I think it's better call Saul too. I do. And Stranger Things is great. You got to finish up episode one so we can talk about it, or episode six, six seven, whatever, whatever the heck it, it is—the is newest episode. Yeah, I just—I dove into it last night, yeah. but it was getting late. All right, next up on Texans All Access, edge rusher question from CBS Sports. We will address. There's a Texans angle, and it's a deep album cut edge rusher question, and it doesn't involve Watt or Whitney. What is this? It's Texans Radio. Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. Texas Children's Hospital is proud to be the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60. Getting kids moving for just 60 minutes a day can improve bone health, fitness, brain function, attention, and academic performance. Join us in our commitment to the Houston Texans and Play 60. Because at Texas Children's Hospital, everything we do is to ensure your family's future is a healthier one. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. All right, final segment here on Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. All right, what did CBS Sports tweet out today about edge rushers from yes. second or third tier? What was the question? So NFL and CBS does this from time to time, and they'll just put this out there, and they said, who do you want rushing the passer? It's third and long, and you need a sack off the edge. Who would you choose from this list? Now, without seeing the list, you would go, oh, I want Watt, or I want Aaron Donald. Or Reggie White. Right. But this is... <laughs> The B-side, as you would call it. Yeah. So here are the 16 names. Cameron Wake, Styles G. White, Sean Ellis, Elvis Dumerville, Tom Bali, Brian Arakpo, Cliff Averill, Kyle Vandenbosch, Darius Smith, Carlos Dunlop, Michael Bennett, Chris Long, Ryan Kerrigan, Joey Porter, Trent Cole, Olivier Vernon. And you hear those names, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, every guy you could see, eh, yeah, all right. But not where you're going, that's the guy. Exactly. Now, there are a couple of guys I'm like, no. I Wait, was Vandenbosch one of those guys? Vandenbosch was in this mix. I mean, for a couple of years, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Now, no offense to Styles G. White, a.k.a. Greg White. He only had 24 sacks in his career. So. Okay, this, but when you brought this up prior to the show, yeah. I thought, naturally, I was going to address this. Right. Because he did have a cup of coffee with the Texans. He did. Inaugural season. Mm-hmm. 
Greg White was his name then. Right. And Greg White in a preseason game against the New Orleans Saints, which the Texans won. It was their first victory of any kind. It was week two of the preseason. They beat the Saints 13-10 to at the Superdome. He had four sacks in that game. And Vic Fangio, I'll never forget this with the media, was like, tap the brakes <laughs> on the four sacks in a preseason game, everybody. Because everyone got really excited about yeah, Greg yeah. White with four sacks because you didn't know who was going to blow up for this team, right, right? Right. You were hoping somebody would. And, hey, we just had a guy rack up four sacks in a preseason game. It's got to be something, right? He's like, tap the brakes. But he did go on to play for about 100 other teams. Right. And in Tampa, I think that was his longest stay. Yeah, that was – Tampa was where he ended up doing some business. But 24 career. 24 career sacks when you look at the rest of the guys that are on this list. I mean – Pick a name. You could have put Jason Babbitt on the list. Yeah. And (laughs) better – but he way, eventually he eventually did some things with the I Titans. Know, the team I know that's, made the deal. I'm not joking. With. I'm not joking. You could have you could have taken Styles White and put Jason Babbitt on there, and I fit, I think he fits that entire category. Uh, I would take Michael Bennett. Speaking of the city of Houston, yeah. I would take Michael Bennett. Bennett was a guy that when he was when he was dialed in, and I think about that Super Bowl against Brady, uh, the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl, they couldn't block him. They were coming back to yeah. the sideline, and, and Patriots O line coach was like 72. 72 is killing us. 72, 72. I feel like Michael Bennett could have gotten a sack from pretty much anywhere up and down the line. I would have, I would have gone Michael Bennett. The next one might have been Kerrigan. I thought Kerrigan was really good in his career. I, go I, I was going to say Kerrigan. I like Cameron Wake, too. Yeah. I like the CFL story. That's a great story. You know, when I watch CFL football, I'm thinking, why don't more of these guys make right. it to the NFL? You know, the CFL, it's interesting because I was watching a game recently, and I thought, why is this so much better than the USFL to me, even though the USFL is more American football? And I got to say the talent level has got to be somewhat similar, right? It's close, yeah. Yep. But there's something established about the CFL. There it is helps, tradition yep. north of the border, especially in June and July when you have nothing. Well, you have the USFL now, but right. you know what I'm saying. I know. When you're you saying. have nothing and you and Andre and I are – Texting back and forth <laughs> exactly. during a CFL game. Yeah. Be, Tiger Cats are on, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Elvis Dumerville would have been a guy that I think would go get a sack. Yeah. You know, when I think about it, go get a bucket. That would have been that guy. I mean, there's, there, I mean, a lot of these guys, you look at and go, yeah, yeah, I can see that guy in that. But I think consistently, I mean, Michael Bennett would have been the guy that would put pressure from anywhere, up and down the ed- edge, inside. He was just, he was phenomenal. So Phenomenal. Uh, one more note. We're going to end the show kind of the way we began it with the battle red helmet. Yep. And you brought up the Patriots. And yes. I like to remind people of this. Everyone who loves Patriot Pat and that uh-huh. logo on the side of the helmet. I like it. I happen to live in New England <laughs> when they use those uniforms. Yes. People couldn't stand them. They hated oh, it. Oh, yeah. They were totally. dying for a change. They wanted something modern. Mm-hmm. That guy squatting. This looks ridiculous. What are we doing? We'll never win. That was their attitude. Yep. We'll never win with uniforms like this. And now, oh, we love these uniforms. It's just funny how things come full circle, right? Totally. And old styles come back in. Not everything should. Leisure suits. Not everything should. But certain things do. Yeah. I. It's funny because I've always been... There's never been really jerseys where I go, oh, I hate that, I hate that. But you're so right. When I, I remember going to college up there, and it was Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, and then about 40 miles of muck, and then the Patriots. And I remember saying to my ex-girlfriend at the time, do you go to Patriots games? And she looked at me, and it, it was essentially the answer I got was, ew. 
Like, why would you do that? Right. Like, sure. why would you go to those games? They no didn't care. They right. didn't. And then 12 got there, and then everything changed. All right. Thank you, Johnny. You got it, Mark. Thank That's going to do it for the show tonight. Such a pleasure to have you listening. And this will be available soon enough on the Texans app. In fact, you should go there for podcasts of previous Texans All Access programs, the In the Lab podcast. There are plenty of photos on there, plenty of information about getting tickets to see the Texans this season, all the schedule information you need, road games. This is the best road schedule ever for the Texans as far as destinations to see a game. My gosh, Chicago, New York, Miami, Denver, Vegas, Dallas, the list goes on and on. So go check that out as well. HoustonTexans.com is the website for you. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, Austin, for producing. Have a great night, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. The Houston Texans and Schlumberger are proud to present the Houston Texans Stats Challenge, a program that makes learning math fun for sixth graders using the game of football. 46. Over the past six years, more than 800 teachers and 230,000 students across Texas have been impacted by the Stats Challenge. Help your local sixth grade class be the next to join them. Visit HoustonTexans.com for more details and go Texans! Go Texans.